This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. I mean, stop, Seager! Toss on up the first in time to get seven. Three-run homer. Robinson can off the lefty specialist Fernando Abad, and the Mariners lead it five to four. Goodbye baseball. Straight away center field. Cano and Cruz go back to back. And the King, when the Mariners needed him the most, two hits over seven scoreless innings. Now here's your host Gary Hill. Welcome back to the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Gary Hill back with you. Thanks for being here once again. And boy, how uh, 24 hours essentially changes the feeling after the Mariners blasted in game one of the series in Detroit. 19 runs, 24 hits. They bounce back in a big way behind James Paxson and then Asashi Wakuma and the bullpen to outduel Justin Verlander. And the Mariners come away with a series win in Detroit. They've now won three of their past four series, and they'll look to take another one over the weekend in Cleveland. So here's what's coming up on the podcast today. This portion, my portion, will be abbreviated a little bit. I'm getting ready to hop on a plane. I'll be in Cleveland over the weekend with the Mariners, so I don't have uh, the usual amount of time. I'm going to try and put this one together on the flight, another Alaska Airlines podcast special. So we'll do that. Also coming up, we're going to have our first minor league check-in of the season. We'll check in with the play-by-play voice with the Modesto Nuts. They have a couple of very interesting storylines that we'll be following throughout the season. And a couple of local names that you want to keep in mind when we check in with the Nuts. So that comes up in a few minutes. Talk about the series coming up in Cleveland as the Mariners take on the Indians for three games. But let's get to the ball games in Detroit. And, I mean, the first game of the series, not only the loss, which we talked about, but then losing Felix Hernandez, Mitch Hanniger as well, both going on the DL. Just, I mean, there, there can't be a worse way to start a series than that. But the Mariners bounce back, thanks to James Paxton, who was just tremendous two days ago. The 3-2 pitch, swing and a miss, and a slider down and in for strike three. And yes, indeed, McCann is strikeout number seven for James Paxton. And he comes away with three strikeouts here in the bottom of the fourth inning. That's it for Detroit, and what a job by Paxton tonight. Paxton fires away. Swing, ground ball, right over to Segura, the shortstop, flip over to Cano at second for one, on to first in time for the double play. And James Paxton Seven scoreless innings, nine strikeouts, and it's capped on the first double play ball from the left-hander here tonight from Comerica Park. Paxton was unbelievable in that game. Another game of his that he has thrown seven or more innings while allowing zero runs. And if you compare him to the rest of baseball, the Royals pitching staff has done that four times 
James Paxton has done it three times. The St. Louis Cardinals have done it three times. Everyone else in baseball behind James Paxton. And I'm talking about pitching staffs, not individuals. That's how good he has been. Seven innings of four-hit ball, no runs, one walk, and nine punch-outs. His ERA, 1.39. For pitchers with at least four starts in the month of April, the third-best ERA in Mariners history behind Floyd Bannister, his April, and uh, Felix Hernandez from last year, in April of last year. Third-best April ERA in Mariners history, 1.39. A tremendous month for James Paxton, who is simply sensational. He got plenty of offensive support as well as the Mariners played some long ball. Here's the pitch. Runner goes. Swinging a fly ball deep into left center field. Up into the track. To the wall. Looking up. Goodbye baseball. Holy smokes. Guillermo Heredia with his second home run of the season. Out toward left center field with Gene Segura aboard. And the Mariners have a 3-0 lead over the Tigers. The 2-1 pitch. Swing at a high fly ball. This is going. It is going. This is at the wall. And it is gone into the bullpen for a two-run homer. Some serious hang time from Nelson Cruz. He has homered in back-to-back ball games here from Comerica Park. It's his fifth on the season. And it's now 6 to nothing, Mariners. An 8 nothing win in Game 2 of the series. They pound out 15 hits to get the win. Let's hear from James Paxton. James, how important was it coming back tonight after the team's been, been battling some stuff here? Yeah, it was big. You know, last night was really tough. It was a hard game for us. Coming back out here today and uh, having a good game. Guys are swinging the bats great. Um, it was good to have today. What was the change that you made this game compared to last? I was watching some video and I saw that I was getting on the side of the ball last game, so I wasn't really able to drive the ball in there. So got back on top of it and was able to throw strikes and get to get the breaking ball over a bit more. James, you're kind of cognizant of, of, you know, with Felix down, you're kind of the guy right now. You're the number two and you moved up a spot. I mean, does that resonate with you a little bit in terms of responsibility? I mean, I'm just going to go out there and give it everything I got every time out. Um, you know, I can't really let that get in my mind. It doesn't really matter. You know, it's just uh, I need to go out there and give it everything I have every time I take the ball. So it set up a date with Detroit in Game 3, a quick turnaround morning Pacific time as the Mariners taking on Justin Verlander. And he had his good stuff. I mean, he was zipping it in mid-90s. But Asashi Iwakuma, he had the ball dancing. He was outstanding. Five and two-thirds, no runs, no earned runs. One run, three hits, three strikeouts for Iwakuma. And he got some help defensively in this ball game. And defense would be a huge factor. Heredia, a tremendous catch. The 1-1 to Victor Martinez. Swing and a pop-up into shallow left field down the line. Seager going out. Heredia coming in in foul territory. And Heredia slides. And he makes the catch. Guillermo Heredia was able to get to it on the one-y track down the left field line. Seager had a long way to go at the last second. Heredia went into a protective slide was able to get to it, make the catch in front of the seats down the left field line. It was great to see Kyle Seager back in the lineup coming through with a big hit in the sixth inning. The 2-2, swinging its laced into center field, dropping, dropping, Collins charging, has to play it on a hop. Here comes Cruz, he pounds the bag at third, makes a turn, the throw home, bounces off the mound, bounces off of Verlander. Cruz slides in safe, and Seager has given the Mariners a one to nothing lead here in the sixth inning against Justin Verlander. So the Mariners get their first run. Detroit would tie it in the sixth. This game would go to the ninth. All tied. Efrod comes on for Detroit, who has really struggled so far this year. So the Mariners looking to take advantage of that. 
And here's how things developed. Nelson Cruz would strike out. Kyle Seeger would double. So he's on second base. And then Ben Gamble coming through with the huge knock. The stretch and the 2-2 swing and a line drive into right center field for a hit. Seager, Ronnie, third being waved in by Manny Acta. Up with the ball is Collins. A throw to the plate way up the line. Seager scores and in its second goes Ben Gamble with an RBI single. He'll take second on the throw to the plate and the Mariners have the lead. So Edwin Diaz comes on a chance to lock down the save. He hadn't been in a save situation since April 14th. He fans Justin Upton on a nasty pitch. He does the same to Avila. So he gets the first two outs. Then Romine would line a single up the middle. So the Tigers with the winning run at the plate, but an amazing catch by Motter, who has just done it all in this first month to end this end the ball game and give the Mariners a series win. The pitch to McCann. Swing and a pop-up outside of first. Over to take a look. Motter near the rolled-up tarp and reaches over the tarp. Does he make the catch? Does he bring it back? Yes, he does! Taylor Motter with an incredible catch over the rolled-up tarp. Along the seats down the right field line, makes an outstanding catch. What a gem of a catch, and the Mariners win it. So there it is, a big series win for the Mariners. They beat the Tigers 2-1. to one. Zick gets the win, improves to 1-0. and oh. Diaz, his third save of the season. Mariners now 10-13 and 13 on the campaign as they climb closer to 500. Let's head to the clubhouse and hear from the skipper, Scott Service. Really uh, hard-fought hard win. Uh, our guys you know, really hung in there and, you know, grinded at bats out against Verlander, who was, again, on top of his game today. So, uh, you know, awesome uh, job of our bullpen, especially, you know, keeping it right there and then giving us a chance to come back late. And it's really nice to have Kyle Seeger back, uh, no doubt. Big, big game by him as well. Did it look like maybe there was a little more there early against Verlander, considering how high his pitch count was? Oh, you know, we, we were grinding at bats, but he, he's he's a tough nut. He's going to stand out there and, and battle, and I don't know, he'll go 120, 125 pitches if he has to. So I um, was hoping to get him out a little bit earlier, but, uh, you know, we just hung in all day. Uh, Kuma uh, wasn't as sharp as sometimes we see him, but, you know, he made pitches, kept him off balance, a lot of secondary pitches, a lot of off-speed pitches today that, that worked, and then, like I said, our bullpen was outstanding. Ben Gamble, that's sort of the depth you guys have been talking about all year. I mean, Henry goes down and he comes up two days later gets a game one again yeah really really big um you know we're gonna keep playing those guys you know they gotta give they, they do have ability they're young but the only way you get experience in this league is to play and we got to create opportunity for for all the guys you know heredia has really stepped up gamble nice day today we'll get vogelbach back in there all these guys are going to contribute how much of a challenge was it in the outfield today it looked like the wind was really kind of yeah there were some balls hit very well that would have been out of here probably the last couple nights uh, the way the ball had been been carrying but uh you know we were uh on the right side of a couple of those and you know maybe on the wrong side of a couple too but uh, it was a little bit challenging out there that play by heredi in the first inning that foul ball play how much did that help to set kuma back on track well you know it's just one of those things get all the outs you can when there's an out out there you're gonna go get it even the last out of the game you know great play by by Motter to go into the crowd to catch that ball and you need them at the big league level you can't give teams extra outs and you know our outfield defense I and mean, we've seen the huge difference in upgrade this year where we were last year and it's paying dividends and he looks a little better than he was. Yeah, he's too. getting real sharp and crisp, and, and it's nice. And we're gonna, like I said, can give him consistent work. Uh, it's really important as young as he is, and when he's right, you know, he's as good as it gets. Already is stretching to the double. Did it look like on the replay he was safe? Uh, yeah, we all did because we're Mariners. <laughs> uh, you know, I did think he was safe. An aggressive play, 
you know, thought he could make it. You know, the other guy made a nice off-balance throw. Um, you know, he's trying to push the envelope there in a big part of the game and, you know, didn't go his way. But Did you like the read on that that he yeah, had? Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. He's an aggressive player and we'll keep, keep pushing the envelope. Play modern. I mean, he hasn't played much for his base. I know he plays everywhere. But he's a good athlete. He's a good athlete. He's a good baseball player. And, uh, you know, when it's up there, you're hoping he can reach over and get it. But I haven't seen the replay of it yet. Before I was, I you know, don't know how he caught it, but I'm sure glad he did. He's got overall, I mean, Tuesday night was a shellacking. And then you come back with two really complete, clean games. Yeah, and we got outscored probably in the series, but we ended up oh, winning the series. Much. Yeah, so <laughs> we'll... we'll We'll take it. Uh, I think that's getting back to playing our style of ball. We had a, we had a rough night, you know, first night in here. They scored some runs against us. We didn't pitch very well. But, you know, our guys washed it off and got back after it. We won the series and need to continue to build some momentum here on the road. We've played a lot of games on the road. And, uh, you know, getting a series here is really big for us. So that sets up a three-game weekend series with Cleveland, who's off to a good start this season. Miranda will get the ball in game one of the series as the Mariners, well, they have the work cut out for him. Carlos Carrasco will take the ball in game one of the series. He's been excellent this year in four starts, 2-1, and one, a 1-6-5 ERA, 27 punch outs in 27 and a third innings. His whip, 0.80. He's just not allowing runs. He's not allowing base runners. So a tough task, a tall task, a, a big test for the Mariners in game one of the series. So, game two of the series. Oh, by the way, Friday first pitch, Mariners and Cleveland is at 4.10 Pacific time. So, 4.10 Pacific first pitch on Friday. Saturday, some day baseball, 1.10 first pitch Pacific. Gallardo coming off his best start will get handed the ball. Danny Salazar will go for Cleveland 1-2 and two with a 4.37 ERA. And then on Sunday, Game three of the series, morning baseball, 10-10 first pitch. DeYoung will get the call for the Mariners. 0-1 with a 5-7-9 ERA, taking the spot of Felix Hernandez in the rotation. And they're going to go against Josh Tomlin, who really scuffled to start the year. He's been better his last two starts, but his overall numbers, 9-3-3 ERA. Just 14 strikeouts and 18 in the third innings. He's given up a ton of hits and a ton of runs early on in the season. Again, he's been better the last couple of starts, but we'll see if the Mariners can get to him. And maybe on Sunday, the Mariners will be playing for a series win. So there it is. We've gone through the games against Detroit. You're all set up for the weekend in Cleveland right now. Let's check in with the Modesto Nuts. Well, it has been a great start for the Modesto Nuts this year, Class A affiliate of the Mariners. And, Keaton, this is our first chance we get to check in with you. Thanks for coming on. certainly appreciate the time. Yeah, you bet. Looking forward to it. So let's start uh, with your start, and it's been a good one, 11-7 and seven so far and first place in the California League North. Uh, what have you seen so far from Modesto? Well, coming into the season, looking at the track record of the guys, it, it didn't look like we were going to have a lot of power in Modesto, uh, but we had a lot of guys who were pretty experienced. A number of the guys on this roster were drafted out of uh, college rather than high school, so they'd gotten seasoned there, and uh, a lot of these guys were coming up together from low A, Class A, uh, the Class A Clinton Lumber Kings with the same manager and pitching coach coming up to Modesto this year as well. Uh, but the thing that really jumped out so far, through, especially through these first two weeks, has been the defense, uh, particularly the left side of the defense with Donnie Walton at shortstop and uh, Logan Taylor at third base. Again, two guys 
who were uh, college players, they've gone and got everything on the left side of that infield. And then uh, Braden Bishop, who's been off to a great start uh, at the plate, uh, his best tool has been his defense, and that's what he was drafted so highly for, third-round pick a couple of years ago. And uh, at John Thurman Field, where the Nuts play, it's a really, really big outfield. So having the opportunity to watch Bishop play in center field with his really excellent speed uh, has been uh, has been fun to watch so far. It has been fun to watch Bishop. Uh, we watched him in Seattle, obviously, at the University of Washington, and he has always been known as a really plus defender. He was outstanding in college. But you mentioned his offense. He is really, what, a 15-game hitting streak? He's really been surging offensively to start the season. Yeah, and uh, just last night with two outs in the ninth inning, uh, was able to extend it to a 16-game nice. hitting streak. Nice. And that has really always been the, the question about Bishop uh, moving forward and, and in his development is what's he going to do with the bat? And so far, it's been pretty good. I mean, he's hitting 370. Uh, he's slugging a little bit. I mean, he's got his first home run of the season a couple of days ago. Uh, he's got six doubles. Uh, he's been hitting a lot of line drives, especially into the alley. And, yeah, he doesn't need to hit it all the way to the wall in, in order to turn it into a double. So that speed kind of helps the bat play up a little bit. And he's shown himself at least through the first two weeks in Modesto to be a little bit more of, uh, of more than just a single hitter. But, you know, right now, I mean, he's squaring everything up. And you know, those numbers aren't inflated by the California League, which is a worry from some people when they look at some of the numbers in this particular minor league. But for Bishop, I mean, he's hitting line drives, and Modesto's a, a great place for line drive hitters because of all the space in the outfield. Yeah, you mentioned the numbers of the California League, and for those not familiar, kind of give us a thumbnail of how people should think about the California League and the numbers they see. Yeah, so over the last couple of years, actually, the, the pitching has been up in the league and the batting has been down just a little bit. When you look at the league ERA and the league, uh, the league slash line with average on-base percentage and slugging percentage, but it's really a, kind of a case-by-case -case basis and uh, where the Mariners affiliates have been for the last decade, basically, those have actually been two of the more hitter-friendly environments in the league, particularly in high desert, which is now no longer a part of the, the California League moving to the Carolina League. Now, they had wind blowing out to center field at 30 miles an hour every day, and then at, at an elevation of about 1,200 feet, that'll help the ball carry a little bit as well. And then in Bakersfield, that was a, a very tiny ballpark, um, and so it really carried the ball carried pretty well there, but uh, the thing there was just the dimensions. The ball was getting out big, but you know, in in Modesto at John Thurman Field where the Nuts play, it's 100% a, a of pitcher's park. It's 390 out to left center. It's 380 out to right center. It's a tall wall from foul pole to foul pole, and the ball doesn't carry there at night at all. So it's actually uh, it's been viewed by the Rockies who were there uh, over the last 12 years and the Mariners figuring it out now. It's a pretty good development park because you can't just grip it and rip it and get a home run out. You know, fly balls aren't going to go over the wall in uh, in Modesto unless you really earn it. And as a result, it's an opportunity for the coaches to say, hey, look, that's going to be an out in this league. You need to hit line drives if you want to get on base. And for uh, for hitters who do start to square the ball up and hit line drives, they've got a lot of green in that outfield to uh, to put some base hits down. We've mentioned some of the Northwest flavor with Braden Bishop, also some Northwest flavor in the dugout with Mitch Canham, the skipper. Very interesting story, a catcher at Oregon State, really good catcher at OSU, and then went on to play 
uh, professional baseball for a number of years and now managing has made a pretty quick rise in the dugout. How has it been working with Mitch Canham so far? Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, he's got a lot of energy. Uh, he loves the microphone on the bus when we first <laughs> get on and uh, before we get off. Uh, but, yeah, he, he keeps it light, very energetic, and uh, he's only in his second year as a manager right now and just recently stopped playing. He's only yeah. 32 years old, and, uh, and he, his last season was 2015. So his last affiliated season was 2014 when he was at A. Last year, he, or 2015, rather, he played in indie ball. And in 2016, he was manager of the Clinton Lumber Kings. And now, 2017, he's the manager of the Modesto Nuts. So, I mean, literally right from taking off the, uh, the uniform as a player, he put it back on as a manager. So, he's got a lot of energy. Uh, the players really, uh, really connect with him well um, and, and respect him as the manager. And uh, Nick Neidert, who's one of the highest-rated prospects on the team, a, a high school pick out of uh, – or high school pick and pitcher – uh, one of the things he said to me right away at the beginning of the year was, you know, he's the kind of guy that, that, you know, wants you to be yourself. So mm-hmm. the way he said it was, look, if you're a weirdo, be a weirdo, like be whoever you are, be your personality in the clubhouse and just allowing guys to grow as themselves um, is one of his highlights. And, and one of the things he's done uh, that I've noticed early on in the season. Who are some of the other guys that should be on the radar for Mariners fans? Uh, so I mentioned Mick, uh, Nick Neidert. Uh, he was a second-round pick. Uh, that was the first pick of the uh, of the Mariners draft that year after they had signed Nelson Cruz because they had, give, had to give up uh, the first-round pick uh, as a result of that signing. But hey, he's a guy who is, who's young. Um, he's got a really developed fastball. Uh, he's from Atlanta and, uh, and loves Atlanta. But uh, his fastball is, is his main weapon. And then he's got a, an extremely developed changeup, which is rare at this level of the minor leagues in A ball. And so with that combination, uh, he's going to get a lot of outs. And so far he has. He's got a 320 ERA, 19 strikeouts in 19 and two-thirds innings. So he's been good there. But uh, the reason you can get really excited about him is he's got a third weapon that he really hasn't incorporated much yet uh, throughout his early portion of his professional career. And that's a a slider that gets a lot of swings and misses. And uh, the pitching coach here, Pete Woodworth is trying to get him to use that some more. And it's got the ability to be a pretty strong out pitch. So we're talking about a guy uh, now who's only in his second full season and has two implemented and well-developed weapons and a third weapon that's still kind of sitting on the shelf, but pretty sharp at this point. Well, that's great to hear. So this we'll check in, uh, a number of times as we move through this season, but uh, what's the best way for people to follow you and Modesto as we move through this season? Yeah, the best way to do that uh, is through Twitter and uh, we're online and, and broadcasting the games every day. So uh, at Modesto nuts.com is all that is. You can go there. We've got the link for the broadcast every, uh, every night. Uh, the MILB app is a good way to follow along as well. That'll give you the scores and the game day um, and has a link to the broadcasts as well. And then that's all up on ModestoNuts.com. And then for me, I'm on Twitter at Gil Ogley, just my last name, which is G-I-L-L-O-G-L-Y. So that's at Gil Ogley. And we'll have all the info there and we'll let you know who's kind of hot. And we're on the air talking about it every night. And ModestoNuts.com, the place to go to get some pretty sweet merchandise. I got to say, the nuts, the hats, the shirts, second to none. That is good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, we got uh, we got three mascots too. So we've got a ton. We've got Al the almond, we've got Wally the walnut, and we have Shelly the pistachio. <laughs> That's outstanding. So before you go, tell us a little bit, since this is our first time getting to know you on the air, tell us a little bit about you and what brought you to Modesto. Yeah, um, I chose to go into broadcasting while I was in college already. Uh, Decided to transfer uh, during my sophomore year to Valparaiso University uh, since they had a quality broadcasting program there and uh, was able to start my professional baseball career while still in college. Uh, Valparaiso is in Northwest Indiana. So started my pro career um, as an intern with the Gary South Shore Railcats. Nice. Uh, that's an indie league team. And we had a Valpo alum calling games for them. So uh, I started there. And since then, I've been bouncing around a ton. Uh, I spent a year in 2011 in the summer, uh, the summer, the collegiate summer leagues in the Northwest League in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I went to uh, Lansing in Michigan with the Lugnuts. So that was the Blue Jays, uh, Blue Jays low A affiliate. Uh, then I worked for the Cubs low A affiliate in 2013, also in the Midwest League. Uh, and then in 2014, I moved out to Modesto uh, to start my first of now four years uh, with the Modesto Nuts in the Cal League. And then uh, while all that has been going on, uh, I've also been working for uh, the Michigan State Spartans uh, in East Lansing doing their uh, their women's basketball on the radio and uh, doing some volleyball for them as well. So bouncing all over the place and commuting 45 hours every six months to go spend the winter in the tundra and the summer in the desert in California. Nice, nice. Well, it's great to have Modesto now as part of the Mariners organization. And uh, thanks for the time. This is first of what I imagine will be many check-ins as we move through the season. Uh, can't, can't wait. Looking forward to it, Gary. Thanks for the time. And now the right-hander ready. The one-two pitch on the way. Strike three, go, and it's over. So the Mariners have won 12 in a row. And do me a favor, turn the oven up tonight to about 450 degrees because the Mariners tomorrow will go after a baker's dozen. They've won 12 in a row. They'll try to make it 13 tomorrow. See you later.